This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's a machine gun. Oh man, you came you were so hot out of the gates on that. I was I was caught I was caught napping, friends. Hey everybody, Rob Riggle here. And with me uh, today, Chandler. Hello. Back at Riggle's Picks. She is our special guest today, and thank you, Chan, for joining us. Of course. Uh, so glad to have you here. Uh, Gary uh, is uh, shirtless and back like he always is. Uh, I think he's sober. It's impressive you got us both out of rehab just for this show. You guys, it was the least I could do because uh, I felt like this mm-hmm. is the show that put you guys in trouble in the first place. I'm not going to say you're totally the problem. Sarah yeah. had a little bit to do with it. A little? A lot. <laughs> the show didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> you were already going down. It's the show was just the... the um, your birthstone is rock bottom at this point. I mean, <laughs> uh, hey friends! Uh, so uh, thanks for coming back to Riggles Picks and taking a listen. Um, so many things going on since we last visited. Um, let's just put it out there: Sarah had a baby. <laughs> Give it an eagle claw too, and some other good stuff, and a gong, and we'll fill all that. Put stuff that up. up on the board. Put that. Yeah. There you go. Um, so congratulations, Sarah uh, and Chris. This is a big, big deal. Um, so I, we're very happy. Healthy baby. Um, and uh, I'm sure you'll be seeing posts mm-hmm. of, of at least Sarah. I don't know if she's going to post pictures of the baby or whatever, but we're all very happy. Mother, child, everybody's healthy. Yes. Everybody's happy. And uh, so that was really, really wonderful news. That just happened a couple hours ago. Yes, so. I, and I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds to say good looking kid. Yeah, yeah, it's very cute, Beauti- beautiful boy, beautiful, cutie, beautiful. handsome. And beautiful. I'm a snob about that these days, right? When you're a new father or new parent, you uh, you become acutely aware of babies being cute or not. You yeah. do. They aren't all. I was not cute. I was you? ugly. <laughs> not true. I was. Sure I, that's not I true. was. I was like swollen. Well, we all are swollen. Chunky. Nobody comes out except for my my son. <laughs> He came out like a stud, like a freaking angel. Even the doctor commented when he came out and said, that's a handsome boy. That's what my little brother, he's never had a problem ever. He's been cute from the get go. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, look, kids can be rough when they come out. Yeah. They can be different colors. They can have a cone head. They can. There's all kinds of mismatches. Some have hair. Some don't have hair. Um, so a uh, friend of the show, Bennett Weber. Uh, had a child. Yeah. Just a couple a weeks ago. Beautiful daughter, too. Beautiful girl. Came out with a full head of hair. It's crazy. Gorgeous. 
Um, and and I, I hesitate to tell you names because I believe that's up to the parents to tell the names to the world. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. But trust me, Sarah had a baby. They didn't name it Rob Riggle, so we'll just they, spoil that. Sh- that was it was in the running i heard i feel like it was a last minute change because yeah. i feel like it was probably locked in as rob riggle whatever and it would have been way too confusing but uh i don't think it would have been i think it would have been mm. uh, yeah agree to disagree but anyway <laughs> they made a they made a, a decision and they have to live with it so anyway congratulations to our our, our very good friend uh and colleague uh sarah and her baby um a lot going on in the sports world uh, for all you folks out there who who depend on us for your sports knowledge, mm-hmm. let's just start with this, Gary. Kansas number one in the nation. That is number true. one overall seed. If the tournament were to happen right now, now I was up in Arizona, surprise Arizona, at Royal Spring Training this past weekend, uh, watching my Royals get ready to uh, win another World Series or go uh, sub five hundred. I don't know, but. Um, it rained out. Saturday's game was rained out, so we just went to a bar. Yes, me and my uh, young son. son. <laughs> we went to a bar and watched the Jayhawks. You know, I expect nothing less from you. <laughs> what? They serve nachos and good stuff, too. The Alabama side of me is proud. Uh, thank you. And then we watched the game. We had a blast. The game was on early out here. It was, uh, it was on like at 10 a.m. or whatever, so we were, we were, out, we were at the bar right when it opened. They probably thought I had a problem. Um, mm. We watched the game. Total victory. Jayhawks played brilliant. Beat number one Baylor at Baylor. So it was a little payback because Baylor beat us at the, at yeah. the field house, which was tough. I was actually at that game. And, um, and then I, we went to Dave & Buster's and spent the afternoon in Dave & Buster's because that's what you do on a rainy day. When Did you're... you drink Long Island iced teas from Dave & Buster's? I wish I would have. I wish I would have drank a ton and then gone over to the Papa Shot. Yeah. And just run my mouth and talked big shit and like, you know, gotten all sweaty and, you know, kind of just made everyone not, not aware of my surroundings. So like I'm actually knocking into kids and stuff and move out of my way. It's my turn. Yeah. I'm going, oh, big dog. Big dog. Gotta eat. You know, and all that that shit. I would have loved it. Uh, part of me wishes the comedian in me wishes I would have done it. I used to when I was 22, go to Dave and Buster's in Atlanta when I was doing a movie. And we would drink and play laser tag against 12-year-olds. <laughs> it was great. I missed that part of my life. I miss – you know, I haven't made a movie in Atlanta since night school. Yeah. And I, I – I, for, there, for there was a string there where I was down there for about five years straight, mm-hmm. make, you know, once a year making a movie. And I got to know Atlanta really well. And it's kind of funny to say that because I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind going back to Atlanta. I liked Atlanta. Yeah. You know, you kind of miss it after a while. When you're down there, you're like, oh, get me out of here. I want to go home. City of trees. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm like, I, I, like, I wouldn't mind going back and going to some of the old stuff. It's a different drinks. vibe. There's good food there. Good yeah. southern food. Yes, comfort food. Yeah. Got to have it to live. And there's, I like the – a lot of bars in the south are very – um, game friendly, like they have a lot of outdoor games and community friendly, yes. cornhole, yeah, and darts, it's like and over. It's like people who were in frats in college now own these bars, and just mm-hmm. there's the best games ever. Yeah, and it's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It really is. I'm with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, so, what were we talking about? Kansas, Kansas. Kansas. Anyway, they're the greatest team in the world. Um, everybody knows that. It's not in dispute, um, it's, and it's a beyond reproach. So that's been established. Um, I guess there are other teams out there, though, and they're all trying to compete. But 
We'll see what happens when the tournament. But right now, Gary, they're number one in the country, and they're number one overall seat for the tournament. Yep. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of movement in the top five this week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Gonzaga lost. San Diego State, who was undefeated, they lost. Baylor lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in but college basketball, there was a big shakeup. Um, I do think that um, um, the Jayhawks have, f- I think, four games left uh, in the league. And if they win out, if they run the table, uh, they're going to get a piece of the Big 12 championship yet again. That makes like 15 out of the last 16 or 17 years that we've had the title. So just so everybody knows. Okay. Are you going to get a t-shirt made? I've already got a bunch, but yes. The answer is short answer is yes. Uh, Royals looked great. George Brett came out, gave my boy a private hitting lesson. Wow. I mean, I dreamed about that when I was mm-hmm. in the Cub Scouts and I used to go to the Royals games and stuff. And George Brett, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Kansas City, so he's my idol. Um, and then to actually spend time with him and he was so gracious to my son and, and, you know. Be honest. As a father, it's got to be extremely gratifying to watch your son live out all of the fantasies you had as a child. Yeah. But you have also got to resent the shit out of him <laughs> for as you watch him live the life you wanted. Yeah. I mean, there's a small part of that. Yeah, yes. there's got to be. There's Just a small a, part. To a little extent. However, though, you know, in the on the higher road, it, it's the most wonderful thing I could ever do for my boy, you know, mm-hmm. is to give him all my dreams that I wanted, and he gets to live them out, and sure, sure I'm super happy for him. Yeah, the 95%. <laughs> or even like, I wasn't here for the Super Bowl episode, but you got to experience the Super Bowl win with him. Yes, and even the playoffs, you went to the playoff yeah, games with him and that's stuff. That's right. That's so right. special. It was. It was. We we've had the most amazing sports journey, me and the boy, uh, you could ever imagine. So very grateful for that. And then, speaking of that, one of the days, uh, Sunday, the last day we were there, Tom Watson, golf Hall of Famer, golf legend, Kansas City native, was out spring training and sat next to us during the game. So I got to chat up Tom Watson, golf royalty, golf royalty, and and Tom is such a loyal Kansas City guy. He used to do a skins game in Kansas City where he would bring back Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, all the top golfers of the day in the 70s and 80s, back to Kansas City, and they'd play this charity tournament just for, you know, everybody in Kansas City would come out, and it was for Children's Mercy Hospital. And then when that went away... Where have I heard that name before? Exactly. And when that went away, there was a a void until the Big Slick came along Mm -hmm. and filled that void. And now... That big slick is the new, you know, fundraising arm uh, or fundraising project. One of the they have many, but one of them, uh, the big celebrity one. That, that so we kind of picked up the ball. We took the the baton from Tom, if you will. Um, so he did a lot for Kansas City. He's he's a wonderful guy. It was really nice. Anyway, um, and then uh, um, what else is going on? Didn't your Royals sign the first autistic? Major Blake. Yeah, I read that. He's in the player? farm league right now. He's playing yeah. in the minors, but uh, first ever signing of an autistic player to Major League Baseball, and it was your Kansas City Royals. I think that's an awesome story. Yeah. That is a very cool story, and I do tip my hat. Dayton Moore is probably one of the great general managers of all time, um, as far as just being a gentleman and being a leader. But, I mean, that's 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 kind of leaning forward. That's, yeah. That's really progressive. I like that. I love that's, it. that's very nice. Yeah. That, his name's Tarek L. Albert. I don't want to, we should probably say his name so that we give him the actual props, mm-hmm. but it's just a great move by the organization. And 
let's be clear. These are businesses. No one's doing this out of charity or because it's a good headline. No, this right. kid's got to be a hell of a ball player. Yes. But it's a great story as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right in that. Nobody's, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business, and they're not giving up a seat on that bench yeah, you know how for, you know? for no a PR move or something. No no one named Jones is playing on the Cowboys. No one, yeah. no one's kid is on a mm-hmm. professional baseball team or basketball team because the owners, they're the owner's son. It's it's all merit-based, Yeah, but it's a great story as well, and I, I big ups to the Royals for, yeah. for doing that. And, well, I, I wish I would have known that when I was up there. I, was, I ran into some of these folks. I would have said hi yeah. or, you know, or said congratulations to Dayton or good job. Uh, very Way to go, Royals, once again, bringing me nothing but pride and joy. It makes me so happy. Not uh, to bring it down, but I think we should probably talk about what, for me, was a bit of a sad experience. But uh, the, uh, the oh celebration no. of life that was uh, Kobe Bryant this past Monday. Oh, Kobe. yes. That was, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things, too, where I've actually heard people, you know, uh, bitching and moaning like, oh, my God, are we still talking about that? And I'm Those like, people can yeah, a bag I, I, of it was shit. A tragic loss by our city and country. Yes. I, I You know, I'm like, hey, just slow your roll. You know what I mean? The man died with his daughter in a tragic way. He meant so much to, to Los Angeles. Oh. He meant a lot to, uh, obviously, his family um, and, and to the nation, you yeah. know, to people who, who love sports and respect sports and, and it means something to them. They count on it. Um, it, it was a it was a massive loss, and so let people grieve. Let people have because you know the the story will fade from the headlines. It has to. It, it, it will. It, that's and then, it and then it probably you know it's not coming back. And so this is the time to to remember to begin the mourning process, mm-hmm. which is a process for people. Um, so anyway, uh, but that the event at um, the Staples. Spr- the mm-hmm. oh, I was going to say the Sprint Center. That's Kansas City Staples. Um, was very powerful. Yeah. I mean, it was very, I mean, the, the speeches that were given were, were heartwarming. They were funny. It reminded you of the man that he was, not just the ball player. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, Michael Jordan had me crying. Michael Jimmy Jordan. Kimmel had me crying. And then Shaquille O'Neal even, it was really hard because I know that they had a rival, but he was like, we were good off the court. And he even made a funny joke. He said the F word on live television. Yeah. And it was funny because he's basically like, Kobe, you got to pass the ball. And he yeah. was like, there's no I in team. He's like, well, there's a motherfucking ME. <laughs> and he was like, you're right, I guess. Yeah, and then he went back to the other guy and said, yeah, he ain't passing the ball. And it just broke the si- – like, you know, it, it – It allowed people to breathe. Exactly. Yeah, which is so it's important good. in those heavy emotional moments. Yeah. Um, and I thought Kimmel did great with bringing some levity. The joke mm-hmm. about how Kobe was in heaven vowing that he was going to learn to sing that song better than Alicia Keys was brilliant mm-hmm. and – I thought Jordan making reference to the fact that Kobe had subjected him to another 20 years of crying memes yeah. was yeah. was great. I mean, it was it was just the right amount of levity mixed in with love. what was a, a serious and somber thing. And, and there was a lot of love. Yeah. And it was... And the strength of his wife being able to come and speak to. Yeah, God. That was just, powerful. I, I did not expect to see her speak. I, I expected her maybe to you know, be there, but I didn't expect her to speak, mm-hmm. to be honest, because that... And no. listen, I I mean, I don't know. I have a very personal I had a personal relationship with with that whole thing. I'm the right age to have grown up with it and I'm an mm-hmm. Angelino since birth and he his he lived in my community. You know, he went to my church and that morning before the helicopter crash, he was at the church I was I was uh confirmed in. I mean, he wow. was it's just, you know, he was a good guy and People like to bring up whatever from his past, but ultimately, I think by all accounts, he was a great guy and a very loving father. And it's a tragedy to that family. And, mm-hmm. you know, not just the two of them, but all all nine people. It was just – it was great how everyone 
while it was a lot about Kobe and Gigi, everyone went out of their way to make sure that it was about everyone. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and you know, by the way, try to get try to get through this life without making any mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I have. Doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't work. But he just he inspired so many kids. My well, I'm older now, but when I was younger, everyone would say Kobe and. I remember watching games and they were losing so bad one game and I was in I was 9 and we were watching with my dad and he comes up fourth quarter had given his team a, a pep talk you could tell and came out and sunk four threes in a row and then they were tied at the game and my dad's like see you never give up that's a team leader right there yeah. and I was just like you're right <laughs> if Kobe can do it we can do it Exactly it's just and for anyone younger who doesn't know what Chan just referenced, Kobe was so good for a long time and could make anything drop mm-hmm. that anytime you would throw anything towards a trash can, you would just shout Kobe <laughs> as though yeah. that was going to command that it would go in because everything he threw up would go in. And there were a lot of memes, you know, right after the accident that said we shouldn't let that die. And I agree. Yeah. I'll be teaching my kid, you know, anytime he's going to throw that piece of paper towards a trash can, yell out Kobe. I mean, it's just. I like that, actually. I, I think that would be a great uh, tribute. It's a great legacy, yeah. yeah. And I, I thought they did a good job with the uh, with the All Star Game, paying some tribute to him there. And I like that they renamed the uh, the MVP award, the Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant award. That was great. And you know, for for those people who are overhearing about it now, I, I sort of get where you're coming from. But as someone who's deep in it, I, I say just shut up for a few more months. It will go away. You will have your time. But just it's already going to start to fade after this Monday. But it was. Uh, I thought this Monday was a very a good job by everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot more going on out there in the world today as well. Uh, uh, we had the uh, the NFL Combine is happening yeah. right now as we speak, as a matter of fact. And they broke it up. You know, they do it by position every day. And by the way, shout out to our good friend Rich Eisen, who does his 40-yard dash for St. Jude's Hospital every year to raise money. Uh, and in so, a full suit. In a full suit, which is so classic. Uh, but he trains for it. He, yeah. You know, he cares about it. He gives it, he puts out his best effort. And at 50, you know, he's out there running that thing at about six seconds, six and some change. That's not bad. No, I, I've talked to him about it with no mics or, or cameras around. Yeah. And he takes it very seriously. Yeah, he really he, does. He, he puts his best foot forward, so to speak. Yeah. And his friends, he, he's told me his friends will razz him, you know, about it all year <laughs> if he puts up a, a, a disappointing number. So he takes it seriously. And he really wants it, you know, he wants to raise a lot of money, but he's also, he's competing. I love it. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. The fact that he cares so much about it because you know, he's trying. Yeah. And so that is compelling to watch, but uh, he's doing it for children's mercy or excuse me, not children's mercy from St. Jude's hospital, uh, which is just another outstanding children's hospital in this country. And uh, so God bless him for doing that. Good luck to him. But the combine is going on. They do it by position every day. It is basically the, it's just a job interview. That's what it is because they know how fast a guy is. They know, uh, his athletic skills. All they have to do is watch the tape. Now they do it just to make sure he's healthy. But what they really are doing there, they, those players, it's not just running, throwing, kicking, whatever their specialty is. They actually have to go sit down with the teams and have conversations. And the teams are getting a, a, a gauge on their, their IQ, their football IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
when they start talking about, hey, you know, what in a four three defense, you know, how do you what do you what are you concerned about, you know? And the quarterbacks, oh well, gosh, you know, that probably means they're going to be playing, you know, four deep on the zone. So I got to, you know, the flats would be open, or you know, so they want to know the the IQ, and they also just want to know is this is this guy smart? Is he a dunsky? Yeah, you know, and so it's it's really a job interview. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, and the the athletic part, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all going to do their best. But they got the tape. They know what these guys can do or not do. Um, so it's really the conversations. So that's what people don't realize is the conversations that these guys are having. Uh, that's what they – it's a job interview. Yeah. Straight up. So uh, – but I think the, the um, uh, Burroughs out of LSU is going to be the number one draft pick, don't you? Yeah, he is probably and unless there's – you know, there was the thing where he – the news story where he said he had leverage and that caused a lot of waves. But today he did a press conference and said that he was excited to go wherever he goes. He's not going to throw – um, at the combine, which I guess isn't a big shock to anyone, but uh, there were some news stories coming out that uh, there could be a lot. There could be some movement in the top five. Uh, I guess both the uh, the fourth pick uh, from the Giants and uh, another pick in the top five are are apparently open for business. There's GMs out there saying, you know, we're we're, we're taking offers. So uh, there could be some movement. I don't know. My my Chargers are definitely in the quarterback market yeah. one way or another. Um, You're getting Brady, dude. I don't yeah, know, man. I, I, I think you guys are too. That's what everyone's saying. I'd be fine with it, but all of his coaches who were expected to leave New England all stayed. And I've heard some compelling arguments that if he goes to a new team, he's going to actually have to show up for work. Whereas if he stays in New England, he can really phone it in because they trust him. They know him. He knows all of his players. He knows yeah. all of his receivers. He knows the system. Yeah. As a 42-year-old, I don't know if I really want go to start going to work every day if I haven't been. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think Gronk would come back? In L.A. No, if he, he went to Chargers? No. Oh, he's God. done. Don't toy with my emotions. <laughs> he's done. He's done. His, body, his, his body's broken. And yeah. he's also, he's lost like, you know, he's, he's lost so much weight. Now. Yeah, and he's making un, untold millions throwing beach parties around the Super Bowl. I mean, why would, you, why would you ever go back yeah. to getting letting Pie massive 23-year-olds yeah. beat the shit out of yeah. him? Right. He's, he's getting paid that good money over at Fox Sports right now, too. Right. So, yeah. And, and every... He has to sit on a chair. He doesn't have to take any blows at all. Mm -hmm. No, no body blows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you guys, have you guys watched hockey recently? I have not. There was a goalie that came down from the stands. Did yes, you guys see that? I saw this. He's a Zamboni driver. Yes, he was the emergency goalie. goalie. He was so, the third string yeah, goalie. I didn't know that that was a thing. And Earl was screaming. He's like, this has never happened except for like twice. Yeah. But it was the... His uh, name is David Ayers. He's a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. And he stepped in for the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, after both teams' goalies had to leave the game with injuries. Yeah. Um, he was playing against the Maple Leafs. And the 42-year-old helped the Hurricanes win 6-3 by blocking 8 of 10 shots on a goal against him in the last 30 minutes of the game. He told reporters after the game that he had been designated as the backup goalie in the past, but it was the first time he'd ever been forced to play. Mm-hmm. That is... And I love stories like this. His post-game yeah. interview was amazing. Was it? I didn't oh see it. Oh, my God. He's, he looks 
from Toronto. <laughs> He's hilarious. Helps, them, helps the other team win. Yeah. 42 years old, gets to keep his jersey, gets paid for the game. Like God bless him. You know, that that is, the, seriously, that's the stuff that, like, fantasies and dreams are made of, you know? Like, everybody sits on, every man that's, and I say man, but woman too, I guess, uh, but anybody who's ever played a sport mm-hmm. sits in the crowd and goes, you know, today's the day they might call what me if in. They, I have my jersey on yeah, already. I mean, I'm ready to go if they call. Because that's literally what I say to Earl. And when that happened, I'm like, is this why you were so convinced <laughs> you could play at 51? <laughs> is this why you stay in shape? And he's like, it could happen. It could happen. You don't know. I'm like, Chan, well, you just don't know. Well, now I've seen it, and I guess it can happen. 42 years old. He drives a Zamboni. He comes down into a major league game, a NHL yeah. game, takes over the goal. And, and stops win. and stops eight out of ten shots and playing thirty and gets the minutes win. and gets the win thirty minutes of a game that's a long time in I'm a sorry but that game. might that might be the coolest sports story it is the coolest sports story of the year so far yeah gotta be right it's gonna minutes, be. that's half the game yeah it, that it, is do you know by the way I don't know if you either of you have ever played goalie in a hockey game I have. That is a hard position hard. to play. Yeah. You have 30 pounds of gear on you, yeah. and you're supposed to stop something that is, you know, what, three inches wide? Yeah, and coming mm-hmm. at you at 100 miles an hour. Exactly. And after I, if I had seen how the other two goalies had gotten injured, and it was like rough watching, I would be like, I'm not going on the, <laughs> I'm not going on the ice right now. Sorry. So I, what do you, I think I think this guy's going to win an ESPY of some sort. Mm-hmm. Oh, he would have gotta, to. Even if they they got to create a category for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Best Zamboni driver to play in the play a professional <laughs> sport. I mean, that just writes itself. Um, They're like, I, Dad, what did you do today? I played in the hockey game. And how many times has that guy been sitting at the bar getting razzed by his friends like, oh, you're the backup backup, yeah. huh? I think you're going yeah. in. Today and, might be the day, David. And uh, now he is no. just the man. Yeah. In whatever his local pub is, he, I, I hope. Mean, oh. I hope he never buys another drink. Oh, he shouldn't. He no. shouldn't. He shouldn't. Um, that is a fun, really fun story. Um, Did you guys see the uh, the big heavyweight boxing match over the weekend? Yes. Mm-hmm. That well, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either I, because but I, I didn't pay per view. I didn't do the pay per view. But um, you heard the story. You, you know, it was a rematch between. Uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, yes. who fought to a draw last time. There was a crazy fight where in the 12th round, it looked like Deontay Wilder had killed Tyson Fury. And yes. at the end of the 10 mm-hmm. count, he rose like, you know, like Jesus yeah. and, and came back and, and won most of the rest of that round. And then they fought to a draw. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, and, 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 ty- and just to be clear, Fury was like 29 and 0 undefeated and and Wilder was 42 and 0 undefeated. He was, and so they both even though it was a draw they still are undefeated. So coming right. back for the second fight, the stakes were high. Mm-hmm. Right. It was the biggest fight prob- most people agree it was the biggest fight since 2002 in one of the Tyson fights. And De- Deontay Wilder more to your point was 42 and 0 with 41 knockouts, which Whoa. is yeah. brutal. Amazing. 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 And uh, especially it, in the heavyweight division. I mean yeah. that's just Oh, it's just to, to not lose, but to knock every single fighter out except for one. It was just absolutely nuts. But um, you know, it was a it was a good fight. It went uh, went Tyson Fury's way. He beat the hell out of Fury, out of Wilder, mm-hmm. and Wilder's camp ended up uh, throwing in the towel. But the reason I brought this story up was because I don't know if you guys heard uh, Wilder mm-hmm. is in their contract. It is built in that within thirty days the loser is allowed to activate a third flight clause, right? Mm-hmm. So Wilder has come out since and said that he wants to activate that clause, which is a surprise to no one because it'll be a huge payday. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. And it's the biggest fight that there can be made. People want to see it. And upon announcing that, he 
he gave his excuse for why he lost the fight. Oh no, I didn't it's hear this. Bullsh- it's literally it's ridiculous. Why Come did he up do with this? A better what, okay, what is it? Okay, what is it? He came out. I'm already mad, but go ahead. He came out wearing this ridiculous outfit that was a. I say ridiculous in that it was over the top and very uh, flamboyant. It was apparently a tribute to Black History Month, month, which I don't know exactly what the homage was that he was paying, so I'm not saying that's ridiculous. By all means, that's fine. But part of it was a giant headdress, like helmet-type thing that lit up, had all these batteries in it. Yes, he's he's known for that kind of interest. It looks like something on The Masked Singer, pretty much. He does it almost every fight. And he came out and basically said that the helmet weighed 40 pounds between the helmet and the batteries and stuff and that that was why he didn't have any legs in the fight yeah that's 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 pretty thin sir yeah for that's, someone who's won 42 fights with 41 knockouts and and you're talking and done this before you're talking yeah. about an athlete who has trained four months to go into battle for 12 rounds you know like he, you should have more than enough you should be able to fight for 18 rounds well here's the other thing it's from the locker room to the ring is about 160 yards i feel like you could have tested this thing out yeah yeah. What, yeah, you probably got that. You probably got that headset on Wednesday of fight week, right? You, uh-huh. How about you? You walk down to the end of the gym and back two or three times. Well, and also, I mean, look, anybody who hears that, any any reasonable minded person that hears that, knows that it's it's really not much of an excuse. And any, it's bullshit. Like if if you lined up ten people mm-hmm. from around the country and, and told them that, all ten of them would say ah, that's bullshit. Well, it's also it's a, you're a pro athlete. Yeah. Any conditioning boxers do is hard. Yes. It's full body because you have to be you box. fully Yeah, you have to be fully mentally and physically prepared mm-hmm. to get in the ring because you know when you get out your body is going to be fucked. Mm-hmm. So for you to get in and, and yes your legs are very important in your hip movements and stuff when you cuz it's kind of a dance but for you to say that your legs were shot because of your costume makes me makes me think you're a pussy if that's what you're going to say. <laughs> You know, Chandler laying it down. It's just like but I don't she, disagree she, with her. Chandler boxes it. though, so Chandler don't think Chandler doesn't know what she's talking about here. She does box, um, and she's been doing it for well over a couple a year or two. Yeah. So, so I, I imagine you do know, you know, the ins and outs of, of that um, world. But yeah, it is. It's a it's a paper thin excuse. It's 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 tissue paper. I agree. I want to shout out Eric Webb who uh, sent that story in. I mean, it was everywhere, but thank you, Eric Webb, for going to our Facebook page and making sure we highlighted that one. Um, Quick question. Sure. i got to jump in. One last thing here I want to talk about on sports before we move on to anything. Coronavirus, it's getting scary. It's going everywhere. It's it's blooming in, in places constantly. Mm-hmm. The summer games are in Tokyo. All right, so that's oh my God. that's on our list here. So oh, it is? a senior member of the International Olympic Committee said Tuesday that if it proves too dangerous to hold the Olympics in Tokyo this summer because of the coronavirus, organizers are more likely to cancel it altogether than to postpone or move it. Wow. So, that's crazy. Imagine everyone's been training for that for four oh, years. Oh, I can't imagine. If you've been training for the Olympics for four years and have the, and have the the rug pulled out from under yeah. you like that? Well, that- especially when you consider the Olympics are something that are every four years, and you got a lot of athletes who this could be their last shot because yeah. or their only shot out, or right? their only shot exactly, exactly. Yeah, that is that. Well, I remember when in the eighties during the Cold War when when everybody was boycotting. You remember when yeah. when we boycotted the Soviet? No, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm so young. Um, anyway. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it would be a tragedy if they if they didn't let them compete. I would just 
Is it too go, difficult to move somewhere it's, else? Yeah, it's hard because you gotta. So hard because you, you have, have to have an athlete's village and you have to have the. Yeah, they could hotel. I think they could stuff. do. I think they could do the athlete's village pretty quick and easy. That's that's a quick thing to do, and the athletes would take less, you know, grandeur. And just if they got to compete, yeah, if yeah. You'd, I have, could, you'd have to go to an old a city where the the Summer Olympics had yeah. been before. So the the and infrastructure, probably recently. the yeah. infrastructure there, because you know those bike those bicycling uh, lanes, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the tracks, tracks, you know, the wood ones and stuff. Uh-huh. Like they have all these events that you have to build for. Yeah. So you have to you're going to have to go to a city that recently had a Summer Olympics mm-hmm. that has the infrastructure and the footprint, and and also that you know because the then they have the hotels and all the stuff they're going to go along food. with it. And it would be short order, but I I think if every country pitched in a little moolah, which no country will except for the United States, um, you you could you'd probably you'd you have probably to make that call like now now and start, yeah. and start yes. doing it. And yes. it's I agree. I, I wish I don't know I don't know if it's feasible, but if it is, I think you have to make that decision now. And I hope they would because I would hate to see the entire games canceled. Or should we just eliminate? Don't say Japan. Of- don't say Japan. <laughs> All the countries that already have coronavirus. <laughs> that would be California. Ah. <laughs> ah, it's not a big deal here yet. We're fine. It's growing. It's out of control. Um, but it's like it's basically the flu at first, right? And for two weeks, and then you get a fever. Well, it's 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 a nasty strand of the flu. Yeah, you can't get rid of it. Yeah, it's like the SARS. But there are people that are beating it. There's been 542 cases in the United States, and everybody that's got it here has survived. My little brother's wife, right before Christmas, got sick, and she's in the military, and they're stationed in Japan. Scary. And she was in the hospital. She's a nurse, and she was in the hospital for like a few days to where they were – Almost like we can't let you leave because right. you we don't know what's wrong with you. It's like the flu. And then she came home from Christmas. I don't know how he got her out of the country. She's back now. She's good. But now after the coronavirus started right after that, I'm almost like, did you have it? <laughs> and by the and way, I just said it over here? I just said that uh, a stat about 542 cases and everybody survived. I don't know if everybody survived. Let me take. Let me retract that. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Um, yeah, I don't know if it is either, but I do uh, know from from speaking to a doctor, a friend of mine, Doctor Drew, that it has been largely not fatal for Americans. Right, that's and good. it's and according to Drew, for those in America, it is not something to wildly panic about yet. But in other countries, that is not necessarily the case. <laughs> oh, definitely. If you're in a second or a third world country, I would be terrified. Hell, I mean, there are certain first world countries. Italy is in, Italy is serious, in serious trouble crisis. right now. They yeah. just shut down filming on the new Mission Impossible movie and brought all of the mm-hmm. Americans back for that exact reason. There are like eight or t- eight or ten villages in Italy that are on full-on lockdown by government order right now mm-hmm. because they've had a startling number of cases in the past week. Wow. Wow. Iran is also one of the new hotbeds. There's been, I, I believe, Taiwan uh, or S- Singapore actually uh, one championship, which is the uh, Asian version of the UFC and much bigger actually because fighting is much bigger in that part of the world. Their next event is being held in a stadium that's designed to hold 85,000 people. They've locked it down. It's broadcast only. There'll be no spectators for that oh exact reason. So oh, all the fighters in their camps and the press and stuff, there's going to be like 
250 people in an 80,000-seat arena. Wow. God dang it, guys. We're on the verge of a pandemic. We I mean, could be. I mean, it really feels like it. That movie Contagion shot to the number one in the iTunes store. Oh, God. Yeah. Of course that it movie did. Is- Everybody loves to fucking scare themselves to death. Well, that you know movie how is terrifying. Dwight Schrute on The Office was like, there's too many people. We need a new plague. Oh, God. Maybe people took that serious and was like... Well, have you heard the yeah. conspiracies, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the conspiracy theories out there are alarming uh, of course there's it's it, it is what it is it's a conspiracy so yeah. don't don't put don't put any stock into it but for fun here's the conspiracy um this virus was created in a uh, military lab in china mm-hmm. and uh it got out or it was actually put out to test and um the doctor that blew the whistle uh he died yep very quickly and the chinese people know about this and they're very upset about it um, and notice how China hasn't allowed any help to yep. come in. And, and that's probably national pride, too. Like, I don't think we would accept help from Russia or China either. So I, I understand that. But um, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a theory. I don't know if it, I doubt it's true. But, it's but it is interesting to think about because you're kind of like, but is it so far off to think those ways? <laughs> Who knows? Um, well... I don't, I don't know. Here's here's some good news. Rob Riggle Global Investigator is going to be on the Discovery Channel on Sunday, March 8th, right after Naked and Afraid at 10 p.m. It's going to be one of the greatest shows on earth. I, I have my DVR set. I am very excited. Thank you. I can't wait. Chandler, you were there. Mm-hmm. I was there for the whole season. She was there for the whole season. You witnessed. You were. You, we, we went around the world. Mm-hmm. Hell, listeners, this podcast were almost there. We recorded a few of them while you guys were on location. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. We did. We did record. We recorded in Scotland, and yes. I think we recorded down in England, right we down by in... the Hadrian's Wall. Yes. That's right. See? Well done. That's how TV works, folks. You shoot so far in advance, you forget what the hell's going on by the <laughs> yeah. time it airs. I think, didn't you get some stuff in Florida? Maybe. Maybe. Down I in think. Key West? Because it was around Shark Week. I can never remember if it's Shark Week or if it's Global Investigator, but... Safe to say, at least two episodes of this podcast were recorded on location as that show was being filmed. So you must watch to see what frame of mind Rob was in when you listen to those episodes. That's a that's yeah. very good point. I, I mean, yeah, very good point. I, I don't even know if it's a point. I think it's just a fact. And our guest today, Chandler, uh, you've got things going on. What do you got going on? Tell um, the tell the people. You know, just living. You're, pro- uh, you're producing. You're producing oh, yeah. an animated series. You're producing. Yeah, you're producing I, a bunch of stuff. Trying to get some stuff going. It's uh, some different changes in my life. Trying to have some meetings to get an animated show up and some reality. And I produced Global Investigator. There you go. Um, and then I'm engaged now. Well, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of changes. <laughs> she, she took that in stride. She went, and so there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes in my life. Um, this has been, yeah, 19 was a banner year for you, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And are you doing any stand-up? I did. I have, I've been going up at the comedy store just because I've been working on bits. But it's more of, uh, I got, I am eligible. For, it, there's this thing called UCB. Rob did it. It's the greatest. That's where I trained and learned back in New York City. Go ahead. And it's uh, improv training. Who turned you on to the UCB? Rob Riggle. What time is it, friends? Go ahead. And so I just finished all of uh, the school. Nice. And now I'm eligible, which is like pretty much being passed 
as a comic to be able to perform on their stages and stuff. Love that. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Well done. So. That is a that is a um uh, in the in the sketch and improv comedy world, um, when you go through a program, uh, Improv Olympic, UCB, Second City, uh, IO, wherever IO West or or even uh, Groundlings, Groundlings, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a major accomplishment. It's it's like kind of like a, a postgraduate degree, yeah. you know, when you when you make it through all the levels and you make it through all the programs, you're taking all the classes, and you get your stamp of approval. Um, to to go out there and perform and, and get on the the stage uh, for Friday or Saturday night shows it's it's an honor so it it's really good cool. yeah congrats thank you so I'm excited and improv versus stand up any thoughts on that I love improv more I think that's why I don't do stand up much anymore because that was me I get it I'm I'm, I'm right there with you I did I, I did the same thing I, yeah. I've, I've done both and I've did I did both for years. Uh, I just found so much more uh, reward mm-hmm. from the improv. I like collaborating, so I think yeah. that's why I I have this discussion all the time because my fiance is a stand up comic, mm-hmm. and I did stand up for years, and I was struggling with going back with improv and stand up. And you're the one that was like, "You don't have to do stand up. You know how to do it. It's a part of your comedy wheel. Mm-hmm. Let it go and do what you love." And when I did that, I realized I like elevating a scene. Mm-hmm. I like finding the next puzzle piece or playing the game and creating characters. So Strapping on a character is the best. It's just so much fun. Because you can fun. go anywhere. You can go anywhere and do anything you want. You just have to stay in that voice. How would that mm-hmm. character that you've chosen, how would they react to any situation? And that's where the joy is. That's where the fun is. And I, I just read Steve Martin's uh, Born Standing Up book. I found that to be really sober. Yeah. It, it was sober. It is something I think everyone should read whether or not you're a comic mm-hmm. because it shows him in a new light where he's he's very open about the first 30 years. He's like, I didn't think I was funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not funny. I work hard. I watch people. I try new things. I don't ever want to be settled in something. And for me, reading that as a always looking up to him i realized he kind of did improv before improv was a thing before snl started and then he saw snl and was like oh i want to do that Mm -hmm. that's what i've been doing on stage alone and i want to do that and it was interesting to watch how he changed so much and then like jerry seinfeld and a lot of really amazing comics do he let it go Mm -hmm. after a while yeah you have to shelve it and uh, comedy to me is is, and we've talked about this i think Mm -hmm. is it's a wheel and there's spokes on that wheel. And and one of the spokes is stand-up. And mm-hmm. one of the spokes is sketch. And one of the spokes is improv. And one of the spokes is acting. And what you know, so there's there's a lot of comedy spokes on that wheel, and you have to do them all, I think, to be a well-rounded yeah. comedian. Um and and it sounds like that's what Steve did. It sounds like what a bunch of other people did. I found that book though to be you know, it, it, I was expecting to read it and, you know, when you pick up a book from a comedian, you expect to have yucks. And it was very sober, very somber. Yeah. Very, hey, this is how I started. I worked in this gift shop. I did this. I did that. Uh, you know, I used to the, – the, the door closing uh, after a show in my hotel room was the loneliest sound in the world. It was like a prison door shutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would sit in that room by himself so lonely and sad. And yeah. it really kind of – I was like, Jesus Christ, I got depressed. Or even him talking about the relationship with his father. I have a similar relationship where he 
just wanted so badly to feel like his dad accepted him and he would have all the success. And he didn't know until he was older and his parents were almost too old to even be around that they did keep clippings of all of his stuff. And his sister, who he never talked to, did keep up with him. Mm -hmm. And so it was like he made peace with it at the end, which was really interesting. Good for him. Good for him. We all go through life. We all have tragedies. We all have mistakes. We all have shortcomings or failures. We get knocked down, all those things. And you get kind of consumed in your own world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the most you can hope for is to make peace with all those shortcomings somehow, some way, someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that he did that. And, and I'm happy that you're uh, having a, a good 2019 going into 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I, I told you that you guys this before the show. People have lost their fucking minds yes, this year. Yes, this has been a very weird year. I wonder if the moon is too close to the earth. Something's Maybe. off. I mean, I don't know. The first two months of this decade have felt long enough to be the whole decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, January felt like three months and February felt like one week to me. Yeah, this. I mean, we're, already, we're, we're almost in March mm-hmm. and I, it, it, I don't even know what happened. Of course, a lot of it had to do with the Chiefs, and the you know I was occupied, I was preoccupied. There's been a lot going on, uh, you know, in in my world, just like everybody else. And you kind of get zoned out a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. But but you're right. This is this year. I think the I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think the moon is orbiting too close yeah. to the Earth right now. Read a book. Get off social media. That's the best thing I've done for myself this yes. year. Yes, I deleted my Facebook. I put limits on all my social media so I can't be on them more than an hour a day. That's fantastic. I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Screen time. I'll and show it, you how to do it. it what? It has great. changed my my personal life with my fiance, with my family. It has changed it tremendously. All right. I need to learn more about yeah. this because this is this could be a game changer. I do think social media is screwing people up. I know I'm yeah. guilty of, of being on their – uh, not even posting, just looking at other just people's looking. trash. And so I could do better. And I definitely, for young people, they need mm-hmm. to, they need this thing. So I want to learn about it. What is it called? Set? There's it's, a, there's, a, it's a screen. Screen time. Screen time. It's, and, part, it's built into your iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's from Apple. It's, you, you just go in there and you set it yourself. Have you ever you ever get an alert at the end of the week where it goes screen time and it tells you how many hours you've yes, been on your phone? Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, and you just turn it off because it's really depressing and you go <laughs> clear really fast. Yeah. Well, there's ways to use it to your advantage, so it's not just shaming you. You can say like for Instagram, turn me off after you know an hour, and then it, if you go to Instagram and you've used it more than an hour, it'll tell you. And there's a button right there that you can just go ignore and you can mm-hmm. go to Instagram, but it reminds you and it gives you that. All right, I shouldn't do this. And the app goes it's dark. Great. And so you know it's up. And it'll give you a five-minute warning and stuff. But I don't – obviously, I don't do it for phone calls or emails because that's mm-hmm. work-related. And you know what else is awesome? You can do it for your kids too and set passwords where only you can turn it off. So yeah. you can set it for your kids. Hey, you get an hour of Instagram a day and when that hour's up, they have to come to you and you have to put the password in or it stays mm-hmm. off until the next day. All right. All it's right. good we're, stuff. We're, we're going to talk offline because yeah, yeah, I, need, I need details and instruction on this. Yeah. I'll show you. So just to bring it back around, I think we've got to end on a happy note, which is Sarah Tiana is a mom. Wow. She's a mom. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It's so exciting, too, because we've we've watched her whole pregnancy. We've had an engagement and two births in the course of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. We've had some – you're right. This is a life-changing time. This podcast is changing people's worlds. I mean, look, we knew it would. 
And a Super Bowl win. How did I forget that? And a Super Bowl win. And a Super Bowl win, and the Jayhawks are number one. Uh, friends, maybe the moon coming this close to the Earth is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly working all, all, all well for the people that are in studio. <laughs> Well, uh, our our love and and our hearts and our joy uh, all go out to to Sarah Tiana and frequent guest and sometimes co-host Chris Brockman. Yes. We shouldn't yeah. you know we should give him a shout out. Too. Absolutely, it's, absolutely. He's the proud papa, and they uh, have a beautiful baby boy, and it's it's very exciting. Yes, very exciting. Uh, all right, so uh, I think that's it for Riggles picks this week. This week, yeah, we'll be back next week. I think Chan's going to join us again. Cause Are Sarah you going to come is, back next week? Yeah, oh, that's Sarah's the best. obviously going to be a little busy for a minute here, but we'll we'll make we'll make something work. And oh yeah, we'll be back with you guys every week. But Chan will be back next week, and we'll have some fun. That's awesome. Thanks I agree for to do some turds. Well, thanks for being here, Chan. Uh, appreciate it. No and uh, for shirtless Gary, I'm Rob Riggle. Thanks for listening to Riggles Picks. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow, bow.